Hello and welcome back to my podcast. Um, my name is Lana Lynn Marino and welcome to another episode of Wellness Journeys. I'm an intuitive therapist and energy healer and here to give you guidance and support in challenging times. This episode today I want to talk about the detachment from our spirit. A lot of us are finding that um, we're in times where we don't know where we are, what's going to happen next, where we're going. And with that, we can all get lost. I know I have, and uh, more than a number of times recently, it's led me to think about, you know, where am I? Spiritual detachment. Am I there? Am I a spiritual being? Have I learned all I need to learn? And one thing that I, I do know for myself is that, um, there's always another journey to take. I recently came back from Turkey and I had a, an amazing holiday. And I felt because I work so much with clients and especially to do with mental health issues, energy healing, I felt that um, I was a little bit depleted. And having had the virus earlier on in the year, I've recognized that my energy levels were pretty low. So the trip to Turkey for me was incredible. I was able to connect to the earth, connect to the ocean, connect to people in a different way, even though social distancing was on my mind. But I didn't let the fear of disconnection from our humanness kind of affect me too much. I took boat rides, I mixed with nature in a way that I haven't done in a long time. And I think it's important to recognize that the value of nature really adds to our well-being. It helps us to recalibrate and come back to who we really are. While I was there, I had an encounter. I had, I had many encounters, but uh, one of the encounters that I had was with a lovely lady that I picked up on was very traumatized and I could see that her trauma I couldn't quite make it out but I could see that her trauma was coming from very deep within historically she was carrying a lot of stuff and without trying to go into therapy or to analyze or be over analytical I tried to keep my distance I wasn't being off but just giving as much as I could interacting as much as I wanted to and not feeling guilty about that but really seeing this beautiful soul is someone that really had gone through a lot in her life. And this is the thing sometimes, you know, as an energy healing therapist and as an empath, I pick up on people's story. I can read someone's story. It's almost like a code is going out that um, I pick up on and I can see into their history. And it's hard sometimes to break away from that and to actually put a boundary in place that allows me to be free at certain times to kind of get my energy back. So sometimes, you know, breaking away from the world is not a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, when we need to switch on and be in our state of compassion and empathy, and sympathy for the world, for individuals. But we have to come back to ourselves. We have to give to ourselves. If my glass is full, then whatever is left, I can give to the world. 
A book that I've been reading for a while called Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragmented Self by Sandra Ingerman. Um, I came back and I started rereading this book and she starts with saying that her purpose in writing Soul Retrieval is to offer a new way of thinking about the cause of illness, one that has been acknowledged for thousands of years but is not being recognized by traditional schools of physical and psychological healing. She goes on to say in the introduction that soul loss is a spiritual illness that causes emotional and physical disease. Who takes care of our spirit when it gets sick? We have doctors for the body, for the mind and for the heart, but what do we do when our spirit is ailing? I've lived in countries where I've been firsthand, I've had firsthand experience of shamanism and healers that don't have certificates or diplomas on the wall, but are coming from ancient sacred learnings and teachings that have been passed down to them. And my experience of that has been profound to understand that when we connect to that deeper part of ourselves, when we reconnect to our spirit, then we're helping our soul to regain the essence of its journey. Sandra Ingerman goes on to say that many of us embark upon a spiritual path to expand our, expand our awareness and wake up abilities that have gone dormant, to experience and perceive more of life than we are able to by drawing on logic alone. In order to do this, we use our right brain functions. We must open to our intuition. We must use our senses to perceive a reality in a different way. We must see, hear, feel and smell from a different place inside ourselves. And when we learn to expand all our senses, we can then step into the world of the shaman. But new belief systems are sometimes hard to deal with. Using the intuitive part of ourselves is just not accepted in our society. We've developed such a structured system that to leave it is seen as dangerous. We've lost our imagination. How can we envision a healthy planet or a healthy body or success if we can't imagine or envision what we want? Before I go on, um, I want to come back to this lady that I met in Turkey. And there was a, a moment where I was on a um, a trip with a few other people and we stopped at this amazing um, place where there was healing waters and there was a swing going over the water and it was obvious that this swing had been put there many many years before and it was for people that came to visit this area that could actually sit on this swing and be a child and that's exactly what I did I sat on this swing and it was just amazing to just feel myself going out over the water. The swing would come back, my feet would gently touch the waves and the, the water below me and I would swing again and push myself out and come back. And it's times like that that we really connect with our inner child. And 
What I realized in that moment was the freedom of letting go of my earthly anxieties, my earthly worries and distresses. And being a child again in that moment was something that we've lost, a lot of us have lost the ability to do. It's childish to sit on a swing, it's childish to play rounders or conquerors, it's childish to engage in childhood memories, childhood games. But that's the only time when we can really connect to the innocence of our spirit and the innocence of our soul. This particular lady that I'm talking about, um, I could see she was very, very nervous. And after a couple of hours, I saw her standing at the water's edge and I saw her looking at this swing and I went behind her and she jumped and um, I just assured her that I wasn't going to hurt her I wasn't interfering with where she was at she was very detached from the rest of the group but I said to her why don't you sit on the swing and she said oh no no I, I, I can't and I said why not and she said well that's that's something that I would have done as a child but I'm an old lady now and, you know, things like that I just can't do. So I said, have you ever thought about connecting to your child self? And she said, well, no, my childhood is gone, that's in the past. And as she was speaking, I could detect that there must be some very deep trauma at a cellular level that she's still holding on to in her child, from her childhood. I encouraged her eventually to sit on the swing, which she did. And it took her a little while, almost like she was looking over her shoulder to ask her parents if it was okay. I felt very sad for this lady, but I encouraged her to be a child. After a couple of minutes, she said, shall I take my shoes off? And I said, yeah, of course, allow your feet to touch the water. So very gently, I started pushing her very gently back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually I could see this light coming up around her aura and eventually I started pushing her further and further and further. Eventually till she was swinging all the way out and all the way back. And the smile on this lady's face, the light in her spirit was incredible to, to watch. The further she went, the longer she went, the faster she went. She was freeing herself from something so deep, so painful. And it really brought tears to my eyes just to, just to be in a, an honourable place, to be able to watch this and encounter this, this healing that was taking place. Anyway, as the group was forming to move on to our next site that we were visiting, the swing started to slow down and the energy started to come back and she started, I could see her starting to come back to coming back into the world, coming back into that left brain logic. And I said to her, okay, how was that? As she finally stopped. And she couldn't catch her breath and just the light in her eyes, she said, oh my gosh. She said, I haven't experienced that since I was a child. And I think this lady now must have been in her possibly in her early 70s. But coming back to the book, Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragmented Self, Sandra Ingerman goes on to say that children are constantly aware of other realities, but a different belief system is forced upon all of us at a very early age. Do you remember as a child being told 
to stop talking to imaginary friends or to stop daydreaming. We were born understanding hidden realities. We naturally knew the way of the shaman, but we had to unlearn the path as we became socialized. Many of us are turning back to that way, she goes on to say, when people begin to journey to non-ordinary reality. Often they wonder, am I making this up? Society as it is today would respond, yes. A shaman would say, did you see it or hear it or feel it or smell it? If one answers yes, the shaman's reply would be, well, what's wrong with you? That you think you're making it up. These are two opposing answers to the question of whether non-ordinary reality is real. This question challenges not only the ego but also that we hear from our parents, our teachers, government and often religious leaders as well as from scientists. When all these figures of authority tell us what the nature of reality is, it's it establishes a strong belief system that I have no intention of fighting. When I go back to that lady, and I'm going to call her Mary, that's not her real name, but I'm going to call her Mary. And just to share that by the end of the day, um, I watched this lady's fear just dissipate. I just watched her become very childlike, dipping her toe in the water as we stopped at different areas of uh, the lake that we were following. Many of us embark upon a spiritual path to expand our awareness and wake up abilities that have gone dormant to experience and perceive more of life than we are able by drawing on logic alone. If we continue in this time to draw on logic and detach from our non-reality, then we're distancing ourselves from our soul. The purpose of Sandra writing the book, as I said in the beginning, was to offer a new way of thinking about the cause of illness and one that has been acknowledged for thousands of years but is not being recognized by traditional schools of physical and psychological healing. The way that I work with individuals in my own practice is not to judge them on who they are today. Someone that has class, they've been brought up in a class system that has shown them that they must achieve, that they must do better, that they must be bigger, they must get further in life. I try to see someone in their authentic self. I look beyond the facade that they might be um, showing. Why would anyone want to show their vulnerability? And this is the other question. Why would someone want to show their vulnerability? The difficult and exciting work is the partnership between the child and the adult. In this process, we take the life and light of the child with its curiosity and imagination and allow it to see for us adults and tell us what is true. Then the adult can act on the child's visions to bring them to fruition and yet use mature discretion in knowing the appropriate timing 
the union of opposite but complementary modes of existence. I remember when I lived in Mexico and I was part of something that, um, looking back at it, I did a symbolic ritual with taking ayahuasca. And um, I always remember that journey and remembering thinking at that time as I looked at my ex-husband that this is the end of our journey together. This is the end of a journey that we've traveled. It's the end of an experience. And I didn't know what lied ahead for me. I didn't know what was going to happen. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, um, we broke up shortly after that. And I believe that that ritual and that symbolic ceremony that I was part of and taking ayahuasca, which some will say helps to clear the DNA, it helps to clear out the past, it's part of symbolic soul healing, spiritual healing. Um, I look back at that and I do believe that it played a huge significant role in helping me to move forward. But where, (laughs) what happened after that um, is interesting because my fear, I think, got stronger as I entered 2009, um, after we'd separated, my mental health started to deteriorate. Um, I suffered anxiety and I was in a place of no man's land. And I remember thinking about suicide and I remember thinking about, I've got nowhere else to go with this pain. And it was impossible for me to think about being a child because my childhood had brought me so much pain and trauma. I remember being in a place of darkness, but in that place of darkness, which is what I tell people that I work with, if you don't know what to do or where to go, you don't do anything and you don't go anywhere. You stay with what is happening right there and then. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. That's a quote by Christ. And when I think about that quote, um, we have to step into that dark place. And that's where the healing begins. And for myself, my journey, I can only talk about my personal experience of wanting to physically die to to escape the emotional pain and the mental torture. When I look at Mary and I I look at that recent um, adventure that I had with this amazing woman, I think about the soul connection and I think about my soul connection and where did my soul connection, where did I start to really reconnect with myself? And I think it came from a place of intuition where my logic brain was telling me to shut down, that nothing was going to work. Um, I would never achieve, I would never get anywhere. I'd gone round in circles. I'd made so many and I'd gone through many successes in my life. I'd done so much. I'd been so happy at different points in my life. And here I was back, quote unquote, to square one. That was my logic brain, but when I think now about the journey of the soul and the journey of my spiritual awakening and my spiritual healing, I can completely see that my detachment from my spirit 
had to take place for me to engage in the lower self and the lower lower bodies to really reconnect with that deep trauma this is where i started having talking therapies and i started my therapy which led into 10 years on being in group therapy psychotherapy has a valuable place in society and i would never dis dis uh, i would never diss it or never say that it's not a valuable point but i think when we are in psychotherapy when we're having counseling when we're connecting cognitively and we're able to talk about stuff that have happened to us it opens up a gateway that we can then take we can choose to go the complementary way we can complement our passage of healing with shamanism with energy healing with reconnection to the soul we can find the right people if we open to our intuition i was in glastonbury recently and i'm not sure if i've shared this in my uh previous episodes but i met a lady i i was directed to go to glastonbury i live about 45 minutes from this uh very spiritual area of uh of the united kingdom and i was in glastonbury and um directed there just by intuition one morning at seven o'clock i dropped my partner off and I was in my pajamas actually and early stages i think before a lockdown and something told me just to keep driving so i ended up down in glastonbury 45 minutes from where i live and i sat outside this shop on the high street and this lady came out all dressed in white and she looked at me i looked at her and she put a sign up so the shop was open and she was open ready for business so i sat there looking and i'm thinking well i can't get out of the car cuz i've got my pajamas on but eventually something told me go over to this shop which i did and i walked in i i had a coat on <laughs> over my pajamas but um i walked over and i went in and this this wonderful soul this lady all dressed in white started talking to me and i i noticed she had an american accent and she was someone that um was working that had been was on her life path of helping others less fortunate than herself and she'd been taught to understand how the healing the christ within um was channeled through this person in california who had started this this following many years before and his teachings were that of the um the christ and there was different modalities that he used and i noticed this copper like um pyramid and you went into this pyramid and you laid there and there were tools uh crystal tools that you held and these these crystal tools underneath this copper dome where you would lay and you would have a meditative uh pre-recorded um recording placed on your ears and you would go into this state of heightened awareness and um so she explained all this to me and she said but if you just want to do a 5 minute 10 minute uh example you know like a a sample session so she led me to sit in this chair and i sat down 
and I followed the rules and I put the headphones on, I listened to this meditation and I came out of that, I think it was about 15 minutes later, feeling completely connected to my spiritual self. But also, it was almost like I was hyper aware of everything around me. It was a bit like I, like the Matrix when you watch that film and everything you can see, you can see into everything. It's almost like I was getting inside of everything that was around me, even inside the trees, the plants, after I left the shop and I went on this long walk. And um, it was an incredible experience, but uh, I'm sharing that with you because what that helped me to do was my intuition led me to a place of reconnection. And I think that's when we talk about soul loss and we talk about the fragmented self and the fragmented parts of our soul. Is it possible to bring them back? And the answer is completely yes. So this is going to be one of two episodes. So please join me in the next episode to go further into exploring soul retrieval. My name is Lana Lynn Marino and thank you today for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my Facebook page, Wellness Journeys, and my website, wellnessjourneys.co.uk. Take care and have a great day.